0: It's Locked on Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Nod of the Scribe. And our guest... Somewhat, kind of a guest, not really. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Branson L O H. We've got him back. It's just going to be the two of us because not a ditch us again. It's the second time in a couple of weeks. Doug, how are you doing, man? I'm I'm more
1: like a house guest. I'm like Sinbad from the movie from the uh, award winning movie House Guest.
0: Yeah, is that something you want to compare yourself to? Do you want to be the Sinbad of the show?
1: I think I'm. I think Sinbad's hilarious. Of course, I would want to be compared to Sinbad. And he used to play. I think didn't he play per, uh, ball? Or not like pro ball, but he played ball, I think. <laughs> yeah, he, he played
0: pickup ball, didn't he? No, I think, that's I think right. he, I think he <laughs> played. I'm going to look this up. I think he played college ball. No, you, you get on that. No, but you're you're the guest host. You're the guest that just kind of walks in. You almost have a key. If not, you can just come in and help yourself to whatever food is in the fridge, kick, kick back, watch whatever you want to on TV. I feel like that's the kind of guest you are with this. After all, you do have LOH in the Twitter handle. It's never leaving. You are an OG. Let's get the OG takes on some of the macro trendy stuff happening around the Charlotte Hornets. Doug, it's been a while. Like Man, it's been a while since you've joined us to discuss what's been going on in the season because you've been too busy with your other podcast, with the other OG, David Walker. What's that? It, not that you want to promote it, like not that that's your no, only not. goal as to why you're joining us on this podcast, yeah. but what's it called again?
1: It's called This Is Not A Serious Hornets Podcast. I do host it alongside uh, David Walker and uh, we have a good time. We're once a week, we're Patreon supported. So if you mm. listen to the show and you love it, you want us to keep doing them, patreon.com forward slash Hornets pod is the way to keep it happening. But we talk about Hornets. We talk about TV. We talk about shoes. We talked about hats this week. Uh, David and I both got this dope uh, Knights Hornets themed hat. So we talked about that.
0: I have had the worst time trying to not pull the trigger on the short sleeve hoodies that's being offered by the Hornets. It's like fanatics.com. Anytime I go on Facebook, they know what gets me going. And they've got these short sleeve hoodies. It's kind of like a mesh, a mesh Mitchell and Ness short sleeve hoodie with the Hornet logo in the middle. And they've got an LJ throwback one. And I just want to spend like three hundred bucks on both. Looking at them now. The thing with the
1: short sleeve hoodie, though, is I think in North Carolina, particularly, I could not find a time to really rock the short sleeve hoodie. Maybe I wasn't rocking it right. I needed to put something like a long sleeve under it or something. But like, it just felt like it It got into a place in my wardrobe that didn't make sense for the temperature of North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I love them. It's, it's, my, it's my go-to. You know, I've got a low-end theory tribe called Quest short sleeve hoodie. That's probably my favorite article of clothing that I own. I have another Hornet short sleeve hoodie. I just love the look. It's what I rock with, man. And I'm having a hard time staying away from spending a lot of money on a couple of other Hornets short sleeve hoodies. Let's get to a little bit of what's going on in the basketball court for the Charlotte Hornets. Doug, you know about all the injuries, the injuries that are prevalent right now. It's Malik Monk who continues to be out. We have no clue when he's going to return Gordon Hayward. After it looked like he could return a month after he suffered his injury. Now it seems like he might miss the whole regular season, the rest of it. And Lamello, we got reports from Wojnarowski on April 19th, I believe, is when he came out with this in the evening, that Lamella, there's optimism within the organization, he could return within seven to 10 days. So if he returned at the most optimistic of that outcome, he'd be back and ready for that Milwaukee game on the 27th. Maybe he could come back the 28th. And if you're the most conservative, maybe you have him coming back against the Bulls. Not tonight, obviously, but the next game that they have against Chicago. And at that point, they would have about seven games left in the season. What is your overall thoughts on the LaMelo injury journey that we went on over the past month? And are you a little scared of them rushing him back to try to get a playoff berth or to solidify this play in tournament spot?
1: Well, I think LaMelo's injury along with Malik Monk's injury, and I'll throw Gordon Hayward in there as well. I mean, it, sh- it showed me not only the impact that those three players had on the Hornets ability to score. It also showed me really how great Terry Rozier has been this season because he has done a phenomenal job just trying to hold the ship together as one hole after another opened up on it. So I think that's that's my take on, on the injury situation. In terms of whether I'd like to see LaMelo ball back, whether it's rushing him, I think the, the team understands very clearly what they have in LaMelo ball. And I think they're going to do everything in their power to take care of that. I mean, the, the Hornets just have had nothing to hang their hat on for so many years. I just can't conceive. I can't believe that they wouldn't take care of that. And so he's, he's super young and young people just recover from these kind of things quicker uh, than if this were to happen in his seventh, eighth, ninth year in the league. Uh, so, I, I, I wonder, though, Walker, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, like if they end up losing, say, the next five games in a row, extend the losing streak to six games in a row now, do you start to say, okay, may, even though LaMelo's healthy, maybe we bring him back just a little bit later. So we, we, we want to get him some experience, but maybe we bring him back a little bit later because we're not going to necessarily be the playoff threat that we thought we were going to be.
0: Well, Nada and I have been talking about feeling pretty comfortable they're going to solidify a play-in spot, if nothing else, just because the teams behind them aren't winning at that big of a rate, except for the Washington Wizards now, who have won six straight, and then when we talked about this a little bit beforehand, Toronto had not gone on their four-game winning streak, Uh so you look at the standings, it's the Hornets in the eighth spot currently, And then you see the Toronto Raptors in the 11th spot. They're four games back of what the Hornets are right now. You look at the Bulls, who the Hornets play tonight. The Bulls are four and a half games back of where the Hornets are currently. You only have, I think, 15 games left on the season. We don't know when Malik's going to return. We don't know for sure when LaMelo is going to return, even if we got optimistic news. So I I don't know, like if you were to ask me, is my confidence growing or waning about the Hornets solidifying this play-in spot? It has to be waning just because the Wizards have won so many games in a row. The Raptors have as well. And we don't know when these guys are going to come back to help boost them offensively. You think about that win that they got against Portland that was without Damian Lillard. And it's not like the Hornets had the Huge offensive output. They scored like 108, 109. It's not bad. But also, that was without Damien. Yeah, how many times can you rely on not having the star for the other team? I say that. Hopefully we have that same case tonight with Zach Levine, who it doesn't seem like he's going to return as of right now. I just, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm feeling I'm not feeling as confident as I once was. And if you've got the whole Lamello opinion up in the air of trying to figure out when to bring him back. It's going to be really tough uh, depending on what happens the next couple of games. If you lose these next games or so, yeah, I think you probably are more comfortable resting him.
1: I think so, but I, I also think that if you do feel like you are a play-in threat, then having LaMelo in that situation and, and possibly getting one of Hayward or Monk back, I mean, I know it's it might be a long shot at this point, but if you get one of those guys back, Then I think because of how the the injuries have played out this season, because they're playing too many games and too short a span, if the Hornets suddenly start to get healthy as they lead up into the play-in and some of these other teams that they'll be playing in the play-in are necessarily as healthy, then I think it could get really interesting for the Charlotte Hornets to finally, I mean, it would be a a little tiny victory to win a a playoff series in that way, like a play-in game. I don't even know if they would count it as a playoff series win but I think it could get fun for the Hornets if they start to get healthy just as everyone starts to get a little bit less healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, the young guys going out there and winning some kind of postseason activity, it would be pretty fun, especially with the expectations that were here preseason. It's already a win, and for them to have some kind of postseason success, it would just be that much sweeter. All right, let's talk about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, I don't know why they're trying to pigeonhole me as someone who's not an elite athlete, but whatever, just trying to make it through the day, tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Generation 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's Signature Percussive Therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. It's crazy. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me too. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $190. You can go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. We'll get more Doug takes on the other side. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I do not like the mb2 nickname that oh it's bad lamello come on man I mean look I I love everything else about you but the mb times two how in the world do you not like airbnb but you like mb times two I that's that's bad we can't allow him to create and that's the that's the the reason the rule exists you can't give yourself your nickname you can't do that exactly this is
1: as bad as kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant
0: it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. You can follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. Please, I've got corporate Doug on the podcast right now. I want to make sure that I hit this home. Go check it out. Julian Council already selecting for the Panthers. He selected an interesting position. Uh-oh. Go check it out. Again, we're covering this from all angles.
1: Well, I I help produce it. So, you know, it's good. So I can just, mm-hmm. I can vouch for it. I can tell you I've listened to it. It's amazing. Michael Irvin is on there. The that's maker. awesome. I, mean, I don't Baldinger. even have, you,
0: you cannot be here. And to have the Baldy breakdowns, to have Michael Irvin, it's that's legit. just cool, man. Like it's, it's seriously, it's the most, I'll
1: go out, I'll go ahead and say it, it's the most legit thing that Locked On has ever done. And it's produced amazingly. So go
0: listen to it. Also, I've got some, I, I, I've got some Sinbad info for you. I-, <laughs> yeah, I like. Hold on, one second. I, I like that. I I would question you saying that it's the most I, the most important, the highest quality thing that we've done with Locked On NFL Draft, and then you bring up Sinbad. I think I would say that the Sinbad info right here, right now, <laughs> is the most important thing we've ever done. I'll say it's network. the
1: it's the best thing that Locked done since you and I did the countdown of the thirty greatest Hornets. That's, yep, it's, that's it's right. been the most legit thing since that. That
0: was that was right when I started. We might need to uh, we might need to change that list. I had a couple of things that I'd go back and change. And of course, we've just gone three years down the road. We need to do that again.
1: Okay, Sinbad did play college ball. He went to the University of Denver. I don't know why Wikipedia needs to clarify that it's in Denver, Colorado. Maybe there are multiple universities of Denver. I'll look that up next. From 1974 yes, to 1978, uh, Sinbad lettered two seasons for the basketball team.
0: There you go. All right. Letter in at Denver University. And by the way, just so nobody gets confused, that is in Colorado. Doug is going to get you more information on that. While he does that, I'm going to tell you about Online AG. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, the regular season is dwindling down, but they'll have plenty of postseason action for you. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 50 percent awesome stuff but online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on were you able to find denver info while i gave that read or did you just want to transition into more hornets topics? i
1: feel like it's the only university of denver i don't know that the clarification was necessary but it is there
0: It's not like the Miami situation where we have one in Ohio and Florida.
1: No, apparently not. Uh, Founded in 1864, the only University of Denver that I could find was in Denver, Colorado.
0: All right, there you go. The hard-hitting information that Doug brings every single time he joins us on the podcast. Doug, you brought up if the Hornets lose the next couple of games, right? The only recent win they have is against Portland. They've lost six others, maybe five others on either side of it. It's a big game against Chicago now. I I think a lot of people were excited and recognized the importance of that contest against the New York Knicks on Tuesday. Great first half. They scored 31 in the second. (laughs) I mean, it showed you just how badly they need some scoring and just even some facilitating LaMelo, Gordon and Malik. They all would have helped in that regard and they just didn't have enough. Terry and PJ couldn't do it themselves and Miles had that little surge, but it's just not enough. We get that here. They've got Chicago. It doesn't seem like Zach Levine is going to play tonight, which is huge, but I just mentioned how the Bulls are one of the teams that's trying to catch up to the Charlotte Hornets, uh, I, I ask you one, how confident you are that they can beat Chicago tonight, but just how big is this game? You know, how big is this one as we dwindle down the rest of the regular season?
1: Yeah, I think every game is critical at this point. That's an easy thing to say, but I, I just, it, there's so much competition, so many injuries in the Eastern conference. Everything is up in the air at this point. So if the Hornets are serious about getting into the playoffs um, and and making some noise, then they've got to take each of these games seriously. It's good for the Hornets that they've got a lot of home games coming up. They don't have a lot of travel coming up. So everything is right except for the fact that beyond Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, and P.J. Washington, they really can't find any kind of consistent offensive threat. And they have, and it seems like they just have no answer at the center position. That's why I think this game is more critical than some of the other games that I also just called critical, because <laughs> I really feel like we have to get some answers at the center position. Like you had Vernon Carey start that last game and he got the vaudeville hook after three minutes and we never saw him again Like, I'm scared for Vernon. Like, where did Vernon go? I need to know. It's like this, uh, I don't know if you've seen this case of of this person uh, that was in the uh, Lakers podcasting world that went missing and all of a sudden it's like this big catfishing thing. Have you seen this story?
0: Yes, I have. I did see that. I, I only saw the headlines. I didn't click on it enough, but I have seen that. Go story.
1: look it up. It's it's such a strange story. Uh, just search
0: like Lakers, catfish, Vivian. Well, then she got shouted out on the jump, right? Where Rachel Nichols just didn't know really what she was talking about when she mentioned it. It's Well, I don't know how anyone could
1: know what they're talking about. It's such a Strange online only kind of situation. But that's what, but going back to Vernon, like I feel like he's just gone missing. And I'm wondering if we were just being catfished all along. Is Vernon a real thing or just a figment of my imagination? But they've got to figure out what's going on at the center position. Is it PJ? Is it Cody? Do they go back to biz? It's been a sort of a circular door all season. Um, this is the, uh, one of the biggest challenges this season for, uh, coach JB, we gotta, he's got to figure it out because that's the thing about head coaching is like, that's the guy that has to have the answers. And so we're looking to see if he finds an answer.
0: Well, and sometimes you just don't within your roster, though, and I think that kind of is the case for the most part right now, and Borrego was talking about P.J. Washington's best minutes this season have come at the center spot, and I've loved the way that he's developed defensively. The fact that it's not crazy and frequent that a guy listed six seven six eight has multiple three-block, four-block games, that's awesome. I've constantly mentioned how that unlocks something special with this team when they go small and P.J. has a third basically three-point shooting, two seasons under his belt. When you have that and you have that guy that actually has some verticality to actually challenge some of those shots at the rim, it unlocks something special, especially with Miles playing the four, who's got a little bit of the team helping rim uh, defending in his repertoire too. And it's weird. You bring up Vernon. So, James Borrego goes with Vernon because he has no other answer. He doesn't have PJ against Brooklyn. Right. So, he's got to go with Vernon, plays him a ton of minutes, and Vernon looks really good offensively. <laughs> it brings him out after one minute in the next game against Portland, and PJ comes in as the quote unquote first bench player. I don't, you can't even call him a bench player. And the same thing happens against New York. Borrego answered questions after the game saying, yeah, I just wanted to go small. So Vernon didn't get any more minutes and it was all PJ and you can't really take PJ out of you. It's five, three pointers in the first quarter and is your biggest source of offense in the first half. But it is weird that that happened twice. So Vernon gets in for three minutes total. And then in the next game, he goes in for seven minutes total and it's not like he had a boneheaded personal foul. It's not like he had a boneheaded turnover, like he did against Portland. It it is weird. You know, I, I'm with you. It is weird to see. And it's got to be PJ's defense and ability to hit from deep consistently that has allowed Borrego to say, "No, PJ's our center right now." And you know, even Cody Zeller only got 12 minutes last game. I, I listen. I feel sympathy for Coach JB. I mean, this the the team
1: did him no favors in terms of finding an answer at that center position at the trade deadline. They decided to. To hold firm and they're they're reaping the consequences of of that decision i mean you've seen play, both like vernon and uh jaylen mcdaniels go out there and like immediately find a lot of minutes and find a role and they reacted to that well but this is what happens to young players that don't that haven't necessarily had enough time to develop uh, this going more so for vernon because he didn't get that summer league but they they go out there and they may show that flash, but then they just have trouble consistently making the right decisions game in, game out. Uh, and and that's just something that happens for players just over time and at different time uh, a different time period. So well, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I feel for JB that he ha- just hasn't had the bodies, the answers. But I, I just think that as a head coach, I'm probably look. I'm probably one of the few people that's going to have sympathy for him. I mean, people are looking to him for answers. He's got to figure it out.
0: Well, and and real quickly, before we dive into some Lomello stuff, maybe in the segment three, uh, you know, it, it was interesting to read the article from, um, I think it's Paolo Yegetti, in the ringer and he was writing about Malik Monk and it was a really cool article Malik opened up about mental health and growing up in the league and you know trying to make it and obviously the interesting decision the Hornets have with Malik and Devante and some other players but in that article James Borrego discussed how much he learned from Malik and the fact that you can't just pull a player from the game after one or two mistakes and we've seen him do that I and mean, we saw him do it with Malik this season we saw him do it with Jalen when he had some turnovers we saw him do it with Vernon in that Portland game two fouls guess. Yes, you could argue just protecting him from foul trouble, but you know, if you weren't going to play him as much anyway, you might as well leave him in there. So that's where I kind of am like, okay, maybe James Borrego is trying to subtly get over the quick mistake and then yanking a player from the game. But what do you think about that comment from Borrego and what you've seen with Vernon? Because he says that, and then we see this with Vernon the last couple of games, but it's also, you know, hard for me to argue with it too much because clearly PJ is the better player. I mean, that's just what it is right now.
1: Well, it's much easier to say that and then live that if you're, you know, several games above 500, looking good, looking solid, don't have teams breathing down your neck. You've got playoff pressures. You've got injuries. You've got all of these stressors. It's like much easier to do that. I mean, he obviously saw very and and I think we all saw like early in that game like oh my god if they if they continue to leave he was like, Vernon was like a minus eight and he was getting abused on defense <laughs> possession right. after possession if he had I think you have to as a coach determine like what's worse me yanking him at this point and explaining it to him after the game or leaving him in there to just get annihilated. Like, what's worse for a player's confidence? It's a tough decision for a head coach to have to make and I'm not even sure how you make the right one. I mean, I just hope Vernon, just somebody went to Vernon and said, hey, listen, this is a weird season, a lot of injuries. You're going to have plenty of time to kind of figure this out with the team. So, uh, you know, otherwise, it's it's a confidence-shattering kind of thing. Uh, so, and- mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, too, I think that the good part about Borrego is his ability to communicate. And that's going to be a tough decision for any coach in the NBA. But the way that the players respond to him, it's why I think he's going to be successful. I, I Beyond the X's and O's and things like that, it's all about managing players. It, that That's just what being an NBA coach is. And I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter, but managing players, being able to communicate, making sure everybody's cool that's such a big part of being a head coach. And I think Borrego has that down really well. And so when he does make these decisions, I think it is going to allow a Vernon or a Malik or any of these other players, a Terry or Devante to really, I guess, respond well to whatever changes that might come their way. All right, let's, uh, let's go to rockauto.com and continue to give them praise like we've done so many times. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food, or maybe short Sleeve Hoodies from the Charlotte Hornets Team Store. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, if you've got both, you can get them for both. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to use. Go to rockauto.com right now. and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write Locked On in their How uh, how Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. What does Doug think about LaMelo ranking third in the ESPN list a couple of weeks ago? Uh, The top 25 players under the age of 25. We talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades named or numbered, <laughs> B shares batik of New York, n.b.a. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on.
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Continuing to appease corporate Doug, I've got to tell you about the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey because it's happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts, as you just heard in the last segment, Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, And Brian Baldinger, please go get yourself an appetizer watching some Baldy Breakdowns on Twitter. Love the Baldy Breakdowns. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. You can search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Go check out all the cool stuff we're doing with the Mock Draft and the NFL Draft coming up. And basically over a week's time now, we're eight days away from the NFL draft, and we can see the Carolina Panthers are going to select at number eight overall. We know who the Charlotte Hornets selected number three overall. It was the best player in this rookie class by far. So I bring up the list from a couple of weeks ago because Mike Schmitz and that was tough. I'd, whew, glad i glad to put that M in there. Mike Schmitz and Kevin Pelton were talking about who's got the best you know who, who has got the best chance to be a star in this rookie class mm-hmm. clearly it's lamello doug and it's funny to see them talk about it like within a maybe just two paragraphs at the beginning of their conversation and they're just throwing them out because it's too easy like it's not interesting lamello is right. the guy from this class and no one is truly going to be debating that anthony edwards has been really fun as of late with minnesota so i think Kevin Pelton is going with a Tyrese Halliburton, but Schmitz is going with Anthony Edwards as that second guy. But don't you just feel good that they're not talking about LaMelo in that regard because it's so easy. I mean, clearly they're right, but also it's like, yeah, everybody else agrees too. It's nice to see some confirmation that the Hornets made the right decision and they've got their star of the future. They hit the number one guy in this draft class.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I mean, we've just been waiting as fans of this franchise, we've been waiting so long for this. We've had to see other franchises luck into players. Dallas lucked into Luka. Oklahoma City had all of those great draft picks. And we've just watched franchise after franchise elevate uh, by savvy drafting. And meanwhile, the Hornets were just stuck in in the mud. And now they have uh, a legitimate star in LaMelo. And I would say the reason they are are talking about LaMelo in that way is because they've already seen LaMelo do things on a basketball floor that you could designate as, like, I'm not sure anyone else could do what that guy just did. Yeah. And that, like, if I look at this top 25 list, Walker, I think it's Luca, Zion, and LaMelo, and you draw a line under those three players, rank those however you want. Um, I think Luka gets the bump because we've seen him do it time after time. Zion gets the bump over LaMelo because of just the physical gifts that Zion has. But those three players, I think above everybody else in the league, you see those play of young players in the league, you see those players and go, wow, they can do particular things that nobody else can do. And that's why they're there.
0: Yeah, I think. You know, Tatum being four on this list, being punished because Bobby Marks put him 13th, which was surprising. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, way further down. I think most people would have Tatum. <laughs> Bobby, Tatum would be the only my baby, my baby boy, you? <laughs> <laughs> That's your boy. Uh, Tatum, I think is the other guy that I would include in that tier, but clearly it's Luca and locked on podcast network, locked on NBA. We just did this, right? We just put out this poll on Twitter of what star would you like to have? That's basically under 25. And Luka Doncic was not included because of the same thing that Mike Schmitz and Kevin Pelton were talking about, because clearly it's Luca. And you know what? we can make fun of Nick all we want to for being the Mavs uh, host but he's right I mean everybody should be picking Luca over everyone else I guess there's an, there's an argument for Zion you know his defense there's still to be desired but I'd, I'd still have Zion too myself what that guy's doing is crazy I I <laughs> The efficiency numbers, the fact that he's just a bull that can handle the basketball. So I'm I'm fine with Zion right. being two. I would have him there as well. Lamelo and Jason Tatum, it's like three A, three B for me.
1: I don't know. I, I wouldn't have ranked him thirteenth. Right. But I would have ranked Tatum lower than four, I think, and my oh, really? mind. Yeah. I think to me, like Zion has maybe two or maybe one, two or three seasons to elevate the Pelicans before I'm talking about him in the same way that I talk about Jason Tatum. Because that's my problem with Tatum. Tatum has not elevated the Celtics and and made them an Eastern Conference threat in the way that I think you would look at someone who you're going to put in the top three of this list. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't think that that explosion has happened. I, I think he struggled at times this season. I just don't see it. I'll tell you who else is criminally low on this list is Ja Morant. Like I I'm, I'm absolutely yeah.
0: fifteenth? Of Right. I, I thought, and I think Nada and I talked about that too. That does seem low. I know this season people have kind of been a little bit down on him this year. It, it's not exactly the kind of season that he had last year. And you knew even, I, I think I saw Josh Lloyd host of locked on fantasy basketball. He was discussing how Darius Garland was having a better year than him. You know, especially here recently, Garland has been putting up really good numbers where at first we were all paying attention to Colin Sexton. He cools off dramatically. Now it's Garland. We're paying attention to, and even comparing Mar- Morant and what Garland has done, but I'm with you. I, I love Morant as well. I
1: think Morant may, you know, whatever sophomore slump. I think he'll be way yeah. higher on this list next year. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards at 19 is silly. Like he's, he's been playing really
0: well. I think, well, and to be fair, this was before this even crazy last 10 games. Like he he's been uh, the, the last 10 games okay. even have been amazing for him.
1: I think if we redid it, you need to put Anthony sure. Edwards close at least in the top 15. I think Michael Porter jr. Is ranked too high at 14. I'm still not sold there. Uh, Shay, your boy at 10, I'm okay with that, but I, that may be one that I would be okay with sliding down, but you know, you know, the one that I have the biggest problem with.
0: Well, of course I do. I mean, I was going to bring it up. If you didn't bring it up, Snooker. he got top. I don't have the list. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Actually, hold on, hold on. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. Devin Booker ranked above. Bam Adebayo, yeah, that's I agree. A a playoff proven Bam Adebayo can guard anybody in the league. Bam Adebayo, get out of here! Who is Devin Snooker paying at ESPN to be number eight?
0: I'm totally with you on that. I I forgot who all the other players were above him. I thought that you might like it though because I think people love themselves some Devin Booker. So I actually was surprised just the perception that he would be number eight on this list. I thought he might be higher. And so maybe 28. I, yeah, <laughs> he should even make the win, list
1: when a playoff game, do it in the playoffs, Devin, there you go. And then, and then we'll talk about 18.
0: There you are, get Doug. Here. Get some playoff success first. They just might get it this year and, and then you're going to give it to Chris Paul, right? Like that's who gets the credit if they win a playoff game this year. That's it's right be,
1: because Chris, well, he hasn't done it in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> Maybe like one but time he's been there. He's been there and that's, done
1: that. He's a veteran. But,
0: uh, yeah, that's it. They'll, yeah, just throw out all kinds of cliches. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Locker Room for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan. So many things to go check out on the network, including that Locked On NFL mock draft. Again, make sure you check that out. We've got so many cool people coming in and bringing you some NFL draft analysis little over a week away. So again, check that out on the network. Doug, thanks so much for joining me, man. Always a fun time.
1: Sinbad averaged four points Points per game at the University of Denver.
0: All right, we're going to bring you some more information like that tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.